Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about healthy eating on a budget. Do you know what just came to mind for me? I know it's like <laughs> very not healthy, but have you been seeing all the stuff that's been happening with Liver King online? Oh, yes, that old, yeah, yes, go. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, when you said, like, when we're talking about healthy eating, I was like, oh, yeah, organs, they're really cheap. And then I just thought of Liver King and I was like, wow, that escalated really quickly. Yes, I didn't think that guy would get any airtime, but here he is. He's a great entertainer, um, very good at business and marketing. Oh, One yeah. of those, isn't he? You know, he's, I love my favorite part, which it's just like, what the hell? He'd be filming about being so primal, but his videos are in a private jet. <laughs> and it's like, how does that work? You're eating your bone marrow, good, whatever, on a private jet. It's oh. like, what? <laughs> Oh, and unless you've been living under a rock um, in the fitness industry, like you guys have to go on and have a look. I don't really want to give him any airtime actually, but it's so <laughs> funny just to see like how people respond to that sort of stuff. It's it's definitely extreme, right? Oh, yeah, and Paul and I were laughing about this because we actually <laughs> spoke about him yesterday. Like people are, are taking everything he says so seriously and it's like, you can't blame him. Yes, he has such a position of influence and power over people. But mm. if you want to go out there and, you know, hunt an animal and eat the liver raw, that is on you, buddy. Like, don't complain that it tastes like shit because a lot of the comments were, I tried it, but it doesn't taste good like what you say. And, oh, I don't know. Like, it's like, well, mm. come on. you got to take ownership too. Yeah. More to the point, though, that, like, look at him. Do you know what I mean? If he said that he's not on steroids, like look at him. You know, I say this to people all the time. Like you choose what you consume. Like, yes, of course, people lie. That's the reality. We have to be smarter, like as consumers on social media, to be able to look at people and, you know, challenge our thoughts. And, you know, if it looks not natty, it's probably not. And like, you know, I know we love giving people the benefit of the doubt, but when it comes to, like you said, sales and marketing, you have to be on the ball when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. So no, we're not going to tell you to eat organs, even though Sherelle, you actually <laughs> went through a phase of eating liver. You were the liver Pate. queen. I Pate. think you were the liver queen before the liver king was a thing, surely. Oh, don't what did you used to there. do again? There was... So I still do sometimes, um, oh. but like just pate and just like little things where I would go to the butchers because liver or like organ meat actually is incredibly good for you unless you're pregnant. Don't do it. Don't eat um, organs Why if you're not? pregnant. The vitamin A in it, um, oh. they sort of discourage you from doing that if you're pregnant and sort of being mindful of certain vitamins and minerals that you get in really potent doses. Oh, wow. Um, in organ meat um but yeah with uh like liver's fantastic for you they used to feed us brains as kids and liver and all that sort of stuff surely you got that as baby food no no and i'm great i'm surprised wow yeah, brain. Yeah. you got the um, brains yeah got the brains of course <laughs> they didn't sort of ingrain in there that well but you know you, could, <laughs> you hey, are what no, you eat. got a good brain <laughs> uh, but yeah all the meat's actually incredibly um like highly nutritious has like really potent doses of a lot of different vitamins and minerals that you don't get from muscle meat um, or the flesh from um, like yeah, muscles. Um, but like, I don't love organ 
meat, of course. Like it's it's not the nicest, but pate and I would get my butcher to mince up like just 10%, um, you know, liver with uh, mince. And yeah, he used to like, he knew exactly what I'd want when I'd come in. No, uh, and you don't. don't taste it. And that's the whole point. It's the same thing with like, I don't love sardines, but they're really high in calcium. So I'll yeah. eat them every now and then just for the nutritious value of it. Got to get it in and and goodbye to all the vegetarians. I reckon they've dropped Sorry. right off. Sorry, <laughs> the listeners have gone down 30 to 40%. The vegetarians are like, <laughs> I'm out. But no, yeah. it's, it's, it is what it is and that's what's happening right now. Um, but today, you know, we're going to highlight that, hey, there's been an increased cost of living and it's definitely hit all of us in one way or another. And it's gotten to the point where now people are struggling to put food on the table. Um, But today's episode is around giving you tips where you don't have to break the bank while still eating healthy. Yeah, I think, as you said, Danny, like everyone's really felt the cost of living um, increases over the last probably six to 12 months, whether it's, you know, fuel price, that was nuts, how that sort of went way over that what we ever expected it would get to um, in such a short period. And then, of course, like interest rate rises um, with homes and, you know, just everything in general is just so much more expensive these days. And people are having to look at things like luxuries, which hurts, you know, like Mm -hmm. when it's going out for dinner or whatever it might be, or just buying what they want to, or investing in themselves. Um, A lot of those things that we've always done, you know, whether it's getting a massage or whatever it might be, they've just become luxuries. And as you said, Danny, it's affected all of us, like in some way, shape or form, even myself, like brought a house this year, business, like lots of things. We all have to be mindful of our spending. And I actually think it's really important, like regardless if you feel the sting or not, it's really important to know how much money you're spending on certain things. Um, how much money you're spending on groceries? Like, is that going up? Is that going down? Like what, what months of the year? Yeah, do you feel like you might have to be tighter, especially around this time of the year? Coming up to Christmas, there's always going to be more costs. You know, you've got your your home insurance that comes out at a certain time or, you know, other events that really take the toll. And today we just wanted to be able to give you guys some insight that when it comes to one of the basic things, which is going to be your nutrition, how you guys can make it work if you are on a budget. Because, you know, whether you are or you aren't, I'm always looking for the cheaper um, option when it comes to cooking as well. Like I'm a big fan of quality and I have no issues with spending money, but I'm always going to be on the, um, you know, the more conservative side when it comes to food, because yeah, like it's expensive these days. Fresh produce is expensive and I'm not paying like $7 for a punnet of blueberries, like, sorry, but there's better ways to go about it, especially if you do want to, you know, work towards your health and fitness goals. Yeah, it's so easy to be living in autopilot and to be used to a certain way of living, you know, with your luxuries, as you said, because they all Mm. become routine or even the foods that you're drawn towards in the supermarket aisles, it's just routine. I'll grab this, this, this until it can get to that moment where you're swiping out like swipe your flybys and then time to pay and it's like oh my god it's like 50 60 70 80 dollars more than normal and then it can be quite a shock if you've sort of just been going through the motions Mm. and I feel like a lot of us do that most people don't actually look at their numbers and we released the episode last week um, about numbers and data it's the same when it comes to your budget you need to know where your money is going Mm. and I've been guilty of not having budgets before or not looking at it but then I was like okay where's all my money and then you have to have that uncomfortable situation where 
you look at all your numbers, look what's going out, and then you're like, hmm, well, I did get my nails, lashes, I did go out drinking, I did have yep. dinner, all of that, okay, Uber Eats, you know, that's where all my money went. You really just need to look at the data and say, okay, what's a non-negotiable? Bills, rent, car, you know, mortgage, all of that. Um, and where have I just been a little bit lazy? What can change? So the first step is set up a budget. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I actually did this um, very timely a couple of weeks ago um, with Luke. He's like a wizard with like money and numbers and spreadsheets and that sort of stuff. There's a couple of really good books um, as well that um, like She's on the Money has incredible um, financial literacy stuff from podcast perspective. She also has a few, few really good books. What's the other Australian one though about budgeting um, oh, it might be the one that I didn't like, something about Barefoot Investor. Yes. I sorry, knew it was going to be that. that because I went out, I got the, this was when I was younger and I didn't know what, what to do with money, but I, I went out, got my two bank account credit cards with mm. ING or whatever. He must have a deal with them or something. Um, but then what I, I'm not going to throw shade on the book because I don't really remember all of it now, but the part that stood out was he kind of encouraged you to wait for like your payout when you're mm. 75 years old. And it's like, well, I don't want to wait 45 years until I get a payout and then live my life waiting for that. Like what a lot of people mm-hmm. do. It's like, what are the steps that I can take now? Anyway, that's my lens on it. But I remember being like, mm, mm. that part doesn't sit well with me. And I've got yeah. all these orange cards now. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And take what you want, leave what you don't. Exactly. I think um, she's on the money was a re- was really good in terms of just financial literacy. It's not about yeah. like, what's the best investments or what's the best, um you know, place to go. It's about understanding especially if you're a business owner like I can't stress enough like how important it is to make sure that you're paying yourself super and doing all these other things as well um she's on the money is a great resource just to be able to you know for your average person just to be able to increase your your knowledge around your finances um but what I was saying is um even like Luke and I sat down and did like an annual calendar of like how much I spend um like where that goes each week each month um what months big things come out like car insurance, home insurance, like mm. all that. Um, and then how much is left and then what I spend on um, that money too. Because, you know, especially like I'm self-employed, I'm employed by my company. So like I get a salary yep. from my company. Um, I can't just take more money when I need it because it's allocated. It's allocated mm. elsewhere. So it's about knowing where your spending's going from. And Luke's been really good at this because the last couple of years he's had, um, he's got a couple of homes. So he pays a couple of home loans and he's really good with his money that every dollar is allocated. Like I think it was wow. ridiculous when we first moved to Melbourne, he had something extra, like $600 extra for the year from his financial plan, his budget. It's like, oh, I got $600 extra. What did That's- he spend it on more importantly? <laughs> if something pops up, nah. But uh, like no. this is accounted for everything. So it's just about knowing where your money goes. And yeah. like going to uni taught me how to live tight. And the same with Luke. Didn't like, it? Oh, like no money. The cost of living's <laughs> obviously gone up a lot since then. Like yeah. I used to be able to go out and just get in a taxi with someone else and, and you know, survive off $20 for the night. Somehow. Literally. Let's get guys to buy you drinks. Literally. <laughs> you know I was thinking that, but you yeah. said it. <laughs> yeah. So I think learning how to live on a budget is really important because what can happen is when you earn more, people just spend more. Like it's really important 100%. that especially if you're in business, people just earn more. They buy the handbag and they they live the, well above their means. And anyone and everyone does this, guys. They just rent the outfit or they, you know, they hire the handbag or whatever it is. 
or they're actually in debt buying the cars and the shit that comes with it. They don't actually have that money. So remember that being wealthy and being rich, they're just two separate things. Like wealth is investment. Wealth is putting that money away so it can return. Um, And it's also living under your means, you know, like, Stop buying shit all the time. But I won't go on a tangy. We're going to get That's a good tangy. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, Have you? Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a really good book. Again, I read all these when I was so young and I had no idea why I was reading it. But it all sort of comes back when you get older. But that's a great book when it comes to like assets versus liabilities or do you need to buy the home versus renting? And then maybe you can put that money into a business. Like it just teaches you what to do with your money. And we're not saying that you can't go and enjoy yourself because then you'll become like that old man there's always someone we know in our life they're that old man and they've got millions in the bank account but they're still like wearing shoes with holes in them and I'm just talking about probably relatives or friends of friends you're like oh you got to enjoy it too Mm -hmm. to some extent you know oh yeah for sure yeah so um and who do I follow Grant Cardone is good when you said live below your means he actually put a reel out yesterday about that so there are actually a lot of people now who can educate you on this you know you can do if you didn't do economics in school um there are definitely ways that you can learn but there's so much information out there it's really about what is relevant for me right now And what is going to scare the crap out of me? Because if you listen to the radio, the news and everything, all you hear is bad things. Like now they're trying to scare us in Sydney about summer saying there's a heat wave coming, be careful of summer, like stay indoor. And I'm like, turn it off, mate. We've had enough scare tactics over the past two years. Like (laughs) there's always going to be something that is trying to scare you. So just try and filter out where you spend your energy. You've been talking to Luke a lot. Paul teaches me a lot about that stuff within reason. Sometimes I say, hey, I don't need to talk about the economic crisis right now. I just want to chill. Um, So just pick your sources wisely as well. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, all those things are out of your control anyways. The only thing you can control is, you know, what you do with your finances, how you set yourself up, where you put your money. Um, um, how you're investing, you know, like invest wisely uh, as well. Like a lot of the stuff that's, you know, very volatile, it's probably not the best decision during this time because of everything that's going on. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, early on I invested a, a fair bit of money into shares and I think that was like the thing to do back in the day is to go into like blue chip shares and put that away, probably mm-hmm. barefoot, you know, saying like, you know, reap the rewards when you're older. But I was listening to um, a podcast from She's on the Money a while back and she was talking about the difference between um, investing as a business owner and investing as, you know, someone that works um, a salary job nine to five somewhere else. And they're two very separate things in terms of investing, like investing as um, your average person that has like a normal job that should go into things like a home and blue chip shares and things that are external, right. To be able to yield the rewards over a period of time or years and years. Whereas if you're a business owner, the actual best thing that returns the greatest investment is your business. So you should be investing the majority in that. Like, of course, you know, buy home if that, you know, you're not paying dead money to rent and all those things. Like if you want to do that, but invest into your business. Like why are you putting that money into other areas and other pockets and other places when you have the potential and any business owners will know this, you have the potential to 10X every dollar you put in if you really do it. Whereas Blue chip shares, geez, they're a slow burn. Like I think mine regress. They're shit. I shouldn't have done them. Have they? Yeah, not very good. Telstra shares suck. Um, But, yeah, just like a lot of those things, which is interesting to me because I'm like you're not taught 
any of this stuff. No. You're not taught where to put your money. You're just taught to do the the normal linear thing of like buy the house, do the stuff, put your money here. And it's sort of like like what you said with Greg Cardone, like a really great mentality that a lot of really successful people um, sort of share is live below your means, like well below your means, invest your money to become wealthy. Um, And this is why, you know, that $2,000 handbag, it's a shit investment. It's a poor move. Actually, Unless it's Chanel, they go up $1,000 every year. Oh, well, maybe Chanel. (laughs) For some reason, I started loving handbags, Sherelle, remember? (laughs) No, but time and a place for a new handbag. Yeah, but the other piece is like if you love handbags and you know those facts and that's the way it is, you're like if I buy this Chanel handbag for $2,000 and in three years' time I can sell it for $4,000 and I'm just going to collect handbags and then just sell them, like do that. Turn it into a business, right? You have the (laughs) knowledge to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like one of the things that I've never been into property, like I I brought the first house I inspected. I'll admit that. I was like, this is great. Good on you. The one um, you're in now? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Look at you. I've never been into property though, even yeah. though like a lot of people have said like, oh, I'll buy, when you go buy a house? And I'm like, I'll buy a house when I want. Like I'll buy one when I'm Good. ready, when I find something that I like, when I'm in a place that I feel like I want to live. Whereas Luke loves property and he's yep. got a few properties and he rents them out and he love he reads the real estate stuff for fun. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He invests <laughs> in an area that he knows a lot about. Yes. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people do. Like I invest in my business because I know a lot about it. I know a lot about the fitness industry. I know what's going to actually return my value. So I think that's really important rather than thinking, oh, I should invest in blue chip shares or crypto or real estate. It's like, where's your knowledge? And like, where are you confident that you're actually going to be making the right financial investment? That's my And that's a beautiful mentality because in order to successfully invest in something, whether it be the shares or crypto, you need to spend your life dedicated to it. Like, yes, we most of us probably did jump on board with cryptocurrency and I got a few Ethereums here and there, but then it's so volatile. You can't get upset when it crashes because you need to know that that's what happens every four years. It goes up, 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 bang, down. So it's like make educated guesses or... Mm just conservative. You know, you don't have to go all in to something that you don't know because you might see a news article, so-and-so made $20 million on cryptocurrency Mm. and then all of a sudden you dive in, but you don't realise that that person is 24 hours around the clock trading, researching, spending their life at a computer. Like, and we, I know people like that. Um, Some of the clients at work, that's their full-time job, mm. trading, but they're literally doing it 24-7. They don't do anything else. So we need to realize that you can't just half-ass, oh, I'm just going to put money here and think it's going to grow. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Um, mm. But then societal expectations as well. You have to buy the house. You have to do this. Well, mm. if you're not ready to buy a house, then you've just locked yourself into a 30-year commitment and then maybe you can't put money elsewhere because you're going to spend the rest of your life paying off a house. You know, that's Mm. why we're waiting. We invested in the gym and the app and all of that. We had to make that decision to go against the old school, you know, mentality of getting a house first, then kids and all of that. It's like, well, let's just rent. We'll be flexible with where we're living and then invest elsewhere. And then one day we'll be able to to buy our dream house, but that might not be for another few years. You know, there's no right or wrong. It's just about your 
situation. But yeah, mm. I did once buy an apartment and I've probably said it and I did rush into it and I had no education. I was just going off, you know, what I felt like in that moment. But thank God there was a seven day cooling off period because I didn't sleep that night. And I'm like, fuck, I need to return it. Four wow. went in, signed the paperwork, whatever, did not really know what I was doing I like the look of it the sales guy pulled me right in um and then yeah signed the paper but then gave it back the next Mm. day I'm like shit man so wow I didn't know that it was probably 20 in 2019 I think yeah yeah so it's just you can get sucked into things and make Mm. emotional decisions and I'm very emotional sometimes with decisions like you get that feeling you're like that must be it and it switches off your logical brain but it's like no you need to be logical yeah I resonate so much with that I think it was like nearly when we moved here I nearly bought a gym like I went in to sign the papers that's right how come you didn't end up signing that by the way the um the I don't even know the landlord's not a landlord, is it? They don't like the the person who owned it. We went down to sign the papers for this gym, and they um when I met the real estate agent there just to have the final look over and sign the papers, they said, "Oh, he's actually pulled it off the market. He wants to rent it now." And the everything happens for a reason because I was like, wow. "Oh my god!" Like I was devastated. I'd got you know finance. I'd got everything. Yeah. I'd organized everything, and then this happened, and I was like, "Well, I may as well go ahead with the app." I'm going to do the app. Wow. And that was the decision, you know, whether it was the gym, um, the in-person sort of space or yeah. the um, the app. And I'm so glad I made Good that decision. decision. <laughs> like everything happens for a reason. Luke and mm. I always look back and we're like, thank God, you know, thank God, because I wouldn't have a home. Like it was, I couldn't invest in all oh, three of us. wow, obviously. yeah. Um, so that came before the house. And then, and then, yeah, I put the money into sort of the deposit for the house and the app at the same time, fortunately, could do both. Um, yeah. But if I had done the the gym, I wouldn't. And I look back now and I go, what's going to yield the biggest return of value? And that's, I think, really important is like if you're looking at investing, no one can give you the right advice because mm. like no one told me not to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like no one's going to tell you. And, um, you know, we've spoken to a few financial advisors just in terms of the business and stuff like that. And I think it's it's always interesting to be able to get outside perspective of where they think yeah. you should be putting your money. But at the end of the day, like only you know as a business owner, different, right? If you're nine to five, it's different. But as a business owner, only you know because you're going to be making risky moves. Like you're going to be putting your money in volatile areas because you expect a return. And I think that's the difference between um, like, you know, business sort of style investments versus like safe investments. Like real estate's safe. You know, it's the market will crash eventually, but it's always going to be safe because it's derived from the stock market and it's physical property and we only have like a finite amount of it in terms of land. So real estate's safe. Blue chips, safe. Like all those things are safe. And like you said, crypto and business moves and gyms and all, they're not safe. Like they're not safe in terms of like investments. There's always risk associated with it. But the risk, the higher the risk, the higher reward yeah. um, for a lot of that stuff. Like apps is not, I wouldn't say it's safe. Like That's tech, a big risk, I think. Heck is not safe. No. <laughs> you know, very you spend big all risk. this money. I'm like, what do we have? Do you know what I mean? Like all yeah. that money goes Digital out, so. real estate. That's what I call it. Digital real estate. <laughs> yeah. That's a I love that. <laughs> but yeah, like there's there's lots of things where you can put your money. Um, And as I said, it's, it's very different like being a business owner because you should be putting your money into your business. It's going to yield the great greatest return um, for it. And I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of advice out there, Danny. And as you said, it's just about who you want to listen to and who you trust and who actually knows you and your insight and your vision um, and what direction you want to go in. 
Yeah. Make sure you have a good accountant. You know, oh, there yeah. are mortgage brokers, as you said, financial advisors. It's hard to take advice from, you know, the banks or people that they represent because it's like they didn't tell us that this inflation was going to happen to an extent. You know, they were mm-hmm. handing out the mortgages and all of that. They didn't say, hey, sucked in in six months, you're going to be paying like three times what you're paying. So it is hard when you put your trust in so-called credible sources. But if you can find someone who's personable, you get to actually talk to them mm-hmm. and build that relationship. As you said, they'll get to know you. Um, and then you can make your decisions accordingly. But a lot of the times you do have to go in and say, hey, I'm taking a risk now, you know, we're going to yeah. start the app or I'm going to buy that house. Mm. You you do have to have somewhat of a risk element in your decisions, but then know that you're not going to stop until it works, you mm. know. And if it doesn't, you worked to be able to get into that position. Who says you're not going to work to get yourself out of that hole? Like you just have to keep going. And it's a trait that we have as business owners. You love that adrenaline, that creativity. You know, we'd probably start a new business if we had to or find a different way of income. Like you don't just put your money there and and then don't change anything in your life. You know, we're Mm. always enhancing, growing, coming up with new ideas. So it's a ride, but yeah, it can have high highs and low lows, but that's the name of the game when you are in business. Mm, Absolutely. And I think as well, a lot of people shy away from, you know, making sort of the scary moves. And something I wanted to, I guess, even highlight is like when I made a lot of the moves that I did, I didn't have any responsibilities. Like I remember thinking when I left a secure, stable job as a midwife, I remember thinking I've got nothing to lose, like nothing. I don't have a family. I don't have a mortgage. Like I don't have debt. I don't have responsibility. Like this is the, uh, like, not the only opportunity, but this is my greatest opportunity to fail um, and make mistakes. And that's when the risk, like all the reward outweighs the risk, right? There's going to come a time like right now, do you know what I mean? Like the the risk is high, the reward is high, but I've got things to lose. I've got staff, I've got responsibilities, I've got a home, I've got things now. And, you know, if I didn't make that move back then and I'd invested in a lot of these things now, I would be more reserved. And I actually think that that's quite detrimental to founders and business owners if you don't feel the psychological safety to make big risks mm. and make big moves because they always yield the greatest results. And I think if you don't have that stability in the back of your mind, whether it's financial or emotional, whatever it is, if you don't have a sense of stability, and I had a great sense of stability back there. I had great yeah. support, great network, no risk, um, like just lots of positive things pulling me in that direction. Um I don't know whether I would have made those moves. So it's really important to understand that where you put your money, and I've always been a really good saver, like I've always had savings, um, where you put your money, like I had a safety net financially. And I don't think anyone should be making big moves if you don't have three to six months of finances that you could live off without no money coming in. Like we need stability. You need cash flow for yourself to feel safe enough to make some of these moves as, you know, founders. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say, you know, just take the leap, quit the other job. And, but not really, not in this climb. And as you said, three to six months of income you want in the bank. And I think having a plan B is good to have that safety net to know that, hey, I'm going to try this right now, start the business or make the investment here. Worst case, I can always go back to XYZ. You know, you and I could always go back to a stable income if shit really hit the fan and we could not put food on the table. There's always an opportunity for a job somewhere. I think it's good to know just to have that little safety net, but don't always go back to it. Like Mm. that is your plan Z, 
Like if shit hits the fan, we go to the plan Z. We know that there's another option. But, um, yeah, going in completely blindsided with a lot of money is a good way to sort of lose it all. So yeah. you, you don't really want to do that, not when it comes to big investments. With yeah. other life decisions and, you know, going out on a date or, you know, just a little, great, go for your life. But when it comes to like, hey, I'm going all in right now, I probably wouldn't. Mm. I think as well, like, big investment and big sort of spending and everything is um, subjective. Like I remember putting $1,000 into shares and thinking that was like, oh, my God, like that's a huge investment. And that was scary for me at the time, like, you know, when I was a teenager thinking that that was a lot of money. So it's also relative um, to, you know, where you're at as well. It is all relative. And I think one of the the main um, points, you know, that you and I are going to talk about when it comes to, to your money and budgeting organization if mm. you're always just you know you wake up and you don't know what your day is looking like um because we are talking about eating as well and, and food you need to organize your life know where the money's gonna go like do you need to um order uber eats because you didn't spend time cooking or do you need to you know do last minute decisions it's like look at your schedule so you've got your budget you look at your schedule and you organize your life. That's, you know, an easy way to save money. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I feel like we've gone on a great, great tangent. Did we want to get into the organization piece around? Well, that's what that was, Cheryl. Yeah, that was my way of saying, let's oh, talk about was... getting organized. Yeah, oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't pop that then. No, um, that's all right. Organization. That's yeah, yeah. Well, organization. But when we were sitting down to brainstorm a lot of this stuff, it's the single most important thing that comes up. Even all the stuff we've been speaking about, it's all centered around preparation and organization. And of course, insight. But I mean, like we've all been eating our whole life. We understand how to sort of like make things work around budgeting. Um, But what do you feel, Danny? Like, why do you feel organization on this topic is so important? Um, in a sense, oh, there's there's so much, but just in a sense of not wasting money on food when you're out. Mm. Like, do you really need to go out and buy breakfast, lunch, and dinner all day every day? I remember when I was in Europe, all of my money went on food. Like, just because you don't have that luxury a lot of the time, if you're backpacking, to be able to be in a kitchen, cook your meals, cook in bulk, you know, buy in bulk. Every like all of my savings went to food and I'm like, oh my God, imagine if I lived like that back home, you would literally just be working to buy food because everything is so priced up. And yes, sometimes the convenience of Uber Eats is nice, but not every day. You can't be out there just buying all of your meals. No, I remember in school as well, my my lunch order was $5.50. I used to get a mini pizza an iced coffee and like a jam donut or something yeah five dollars fifty i still remember the brown paper bag guys yeah yeah and you put your name on it and you're all yes yeah and then you'd get the sticky tape put the money because it was all coins back then yeah Yeah. (laughs) but it's crazy and i even i even laugh when i hear like my dad saying i used to get a meat pie and bloody all this for like two cents and like everything's changed so much and obviously that's normal just inflation over time but especially in the last oh, I don't know maybe five years like I got avocado on toast out for breakfast the other day it's like 33 dollars with a coffee mm. like I was like 
that is ridiculous, right? Like think of the markup and the business person in me is like, how much for an egg, a piece of bacon and like a bit of avocado on toast. It's literally like $3 to cook that at home. And Mm. that's the sort of amount that you're paying to. So I think obviously there's the logistics of like, what are you ordering? What are you spending your money on? But then it's also like, socially like how can we still get the fix of what we want to do without always having to go out and like yes these occasions yes like go out for a walk and a coffee or something you know it costs five dollars um one thing I have noticed and I don't know if it's a Sydney thing but if you order something as a side it's like five dollars extra crazy so if you get eggs for example with like tomato spinach that's ten dollars mushrooms fifteen dollars like you can spend like fucking fifty dollars on eggs just because Mm. of the size so make sure you don't get trapped on that as well it's like look at the meal as a whole or say to your friend hey you know i'm just gonna get a coffee today and then let's go for a nice walk after they're not gonna judge you or they shouldn't judge you anyway you know so there are different alternatives because you don't want to just stay home you still want to be able to enjoy your life but it's just about manipulating and being flexible with what socializing like might look like right now for you yeah, absolutely. I personally only eat out maybe once or twice a week um, as well. And I would go from, you know, and that, that could just be like lunch or, you know, a coffee or something like that. I would rather do that and actually go quality and be like, okay, I can spend, yes. you know, $35 on avocado on toast because I'm only going to do it once or twice um, and actually enjoy that rather than like doing it more frequently or wasting it. Or I shouldn't say wasting because I know a lot of people like Uber Eats, but like I would rather spend the money in social connection with others and like make my own Uber Eats. I don't even have the app. I think I've used it like a couple really? of times, twice with you. Um, <laughs> I probably and, made you get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. Actually, in, in Sydney, food. when yeah. you came, you're like, what is this? Like, yeah, I'm like, I yeah, the guys just dropped it downstairs. You're like, what? <laughs> no, nah, I refuse to recognize the convenience. I refuse to. Luke loves it's it. addictive. Luke loves it. But um, I'm just, I'll, I would actually rather make my own um, if I could. And then I think, when you get into that sort of mindset as well and you know the more things that you allow like if you always buy a cup of coffee in the morning you know you always do it it just becomes your normal that you do and I think like buy a coffee machine do you know what I mean like buy a pod machine you'll be so surprised at how much you can save um instead of paying you know five dollars fifty for a cup of coffee which it is now at least with Um, almond milk it is yeah oh with almond milk yeah (laughs) forget it oat milk you're gone you're breaking the bank so like just being a bit more strategic and investing Investing in the, like the longer um, route, you know, air fries and all these things that make food appealing from home, um, you can have it. You know, like I love buying like the um, the cooked chips in the supermarket aisle and just like making oh, yeah. my own snits. You know, it's just as good in my opinion. Um, probably it's better. Just, probably mm. better, right? Like <laughs> you get the right serving, you get the leftovers. Yeah. You don't, don't feel like leave feeling gross and yuck. So I think auditing like, how much money you're spending out is really important. And like I said, when I did my budget with Luke, you know, I allowed for sort of like, you know, 40 to $50 of spending out a week um, that if I wanted to do that, you know, I could, and and that's budgeted for. So it's not saying that you can't, it's just knowing where your money's going. Because if you actually zoomed out and was like, holy shit, I'm spending $200 a week on going out. And, you know, if you're a big drinker and stuff like that, easy, you drop that in half a night buying a That's why you have pre-drinks, guys. Exactly. <laughs> guys, learn from my uni days, moon and passion pop. Oh, no, <laughs> I would die now. <laughs> Imagine no that. Luxury. 
And oh. this is all relative. So if we say 20 or 200, you know, let's just say you're a multimillionaire, that might be 2,000. Like whatever the scale is, um, we're all just talking sort of in what's relative to you. But now is definitely a time to be mindful. So mm. organising your food, going to the supermarket with a shopping list. Don't mm. just aimlessly wander the aisles and be like, oh, my God, I forgot this or Hmm, I'm not going to have that much time mm. today. I'm going to buy a packet rice. You know, those yeah. packet rice is now $4 each for 250 grams. I do know because I do buy them sometimes. A bit cheeky. Paul's like, you can buy a whole packet and just cook it yourself. You know, it's yeah. that battle of where you want to allocate mm. your time. But th- for the sake of this episode, we're yeah. talking about saving money. You need to put time there. So buy a packet of rice cook it in bulk, and then you'll have all your servings. Like you'll have, you know, five, six times the amount, Mm. things like that. Mm. The reality is that in life we only have two commodities. We have time or we have money, right? So if you want one or the other, you usually have to sacrifice one or the other. So if you want to save money, you've got to put more time into it, you know, meal prep, organization, writing out shopping lists, you know, all those things, it requires more time and vice versa. This Mm. is why meal prep is so expensive. This is why buying Uber Eats is so expensive is because people are technically saving you time, right? So the argument can be made for either. And there's definitely been periods where I haven't had available time and it's actually costed me more money to try and take time out of the business than to order food or get someone else to do it or whatever that might be. So it's about understanding like we're talking about, you know, like budgeting and like sort of finances and just everything in general as well. And I'd say for the vast majority of people, like we're always going to probably have a bit more time available than money. Like, of course, you know, if you could have your own private chef, wouldn't that be a problem? (laughs) But that's not the reality for the for everyone, right? It's not our reality. Um, So it's about, okay, well, how can I put more time into it? Because we all have it. You know, we all have a few extra hours on a Sunday to write out a shopping list. I always have my, because we're creatures of habit, like we eat the same shit, right? I always have a shopping list in my phone that I just go through every time and buy the same stuff because I always do. And if I need anything extra, then I just add on top of it rather than sitting down and just mentally thinking, oh, what do I need? It's like, oh, I've already got my shopping list. It's, you know, less less mental thought as well. Um, And like what you said, Danny, there's so many things that we do and buy to save time, like the rice cups and, you know, like pre-cooked chicken and all that sort of stuff. We buy all that stuff to save us time. But it's just about ordering that and recognizing Mm. that you can get the same thing um, for like a cheaper cost if you're willing to actually do it. And you yes. can do this by, you know, going along the outside of the supermarket and just trying to buy less packaged stuff. Like don't buy protein bars. Like don't buy that sort of stuff that you don't need, that you know that if you put a bit more time in on a Sunday, you wouldn't need them to fill up, you know, your macros yes. or other areas. Yeah, that's so true because all of those products, again, definitely add up. And just like how we're we're budgeting money you can also budget your time and say hmm I did spend six hours watching Netflix in that six hour even in two hours you know you can literally cook your whole week's worth and and people say well I I don't know what I'm going to feel like eating in seven days. Still cook it, you know, mm-hmm. even if you, you don't eat one or two meals because, you know, you don't feel like it, you're still saving so much money and it, mm-hmm. you're full. You don't have to fill up on little packaged things. You know, you'll hit your nutritional goals um, and it's just a much nicer process. You know, home-cooked food, you mentioned the air fryer, um, barbecues. I know you guys cook on a barbecue as well. Just learn how to make the food taste good mm. and then you'll actually enjoy it because yep. you do have the time always. And if you think you don't, 
a time budget as well. Google yep. Calendar or write down where you're spending your hours um, and just look at the hard data. Yeah, absolutely. I think cooking is just a fundamental skill that everyone should have as well. Like, I don't know how to cook. This is not good enough. We live in 2022 and we all have YouTube to be able to become master chefs at home. And um, I say this because Luke could not cook before I met him. He could not cook. Um, But now he's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, he can use the barbecue and he can do the air fryer and he can, you know, make some stuff. He's okay. It's sufficient that we enjoy the food. Because I feel like most people, they go, oh, just order Uber Eats or do this because they don't know how to replicate it or they don't know how to actually generally enjoy the food that they're making. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the difference, I think, like growing up in the country, we just didn't have takeout. Like I didn't get a Macca's until we were like 16 in really? Swan Hill. Yeah, so we just didn't have the option. You always cooked, you know, and you just always like you just always made food that you liked, you know, and you always ate fresh and you always did these things. And I understand that not everyone has that skill set as well. Like some people haven't had the privilege to be taught how to cook right? Like that's a real thing. And I think it's, it's like, okay, you have the opportunity now to learn this skill and have that growth mindset around it. And, you know, you can literally replicate snits at home. Like you can replicate the exact same meal at home at home. It just takes more time and more energy. You got to go buy the stuff. You got to cook it. You got to learn. You got to recognize it's probably going to be shit for the first 10 times. And then it gets better, you know, and that's okay. (laughs) It's sort of part of the process. But I think like, investing time into that is like everyone should do it. I think the only time we should really try and go around it is if like we physically don't have the time, like you should know how to do it. It's just like I've made the conscious decision that I just don't have the time at the moment and I'm going to buy that or outsource it rather than I don't know how to because I don't know how to and I'm just going to buy it now and save the time. It's just a Band-Aid, short yeah. fix, and I think it's really important to know how to, you know, make delicious food from home that still aligns within your budget and then, of course, your nutritional needs. Yeah, and I think the problem, which I'm speaking from experience because Paul's the one who loves cooking. His whole mm. life he's just loved it. And I'm I'm the one who don't I don't know how to cook as well as him, which, you know, it, it goes against social norms, but it is what it is. Um, just because during my preps I would have meal preps, eat quite basic, and then then I was in my head so much about, oh my God, like I don't know how to cook fancy meals or I don't want to spend the time, but then and then Paul kind of said, well, why does it have to be fancy? Why do you have to have all a million ingredients and all these sauces and all this? And then I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like how hard is it to put some meat, you know, on a pan or on the barbecue, you know, get your vegetables. You can buy frozen vegetables, put them in the air fryer, steam them, whatever, and then your carb sauce. Like mm. I think people, including myself, would overcomplicate and maybe that's because I grew up you know with beautiful Greek food which is so full-on to cook it takes it hours sometimes um you know it doesn't have to be hard just learn your basics get the food put it on a pan bit of oil seasoning all of that and then you're good to go yeah absolutely and I think as well when you buy because what can happen, I find that when you buy quality and you actually buy good, fresh food, um, you don't need to over-season and over-complicate yes. it. You don't need to put a heap of sauces and shit on it. That's just what a lot of places do because the quality of the food they're actually using is crap. Yes. Um, whereas the opposite is true. And I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with, you know, the Instagram food in of like the perfect salad and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's just rubbish. And I think a lot of people, whenever someone's trying to learn how to track macros and actually do that, I'm like, keep it simple, like keep it really simple, like basic stuff. Like you can make the basic foods taste delicious. It's just about buying quality, 
And I'm always big on like, I love shopping at a butcher's and I know that's a bit more expensive than buying meat from the supermarket, but I would rather only eat like a hundred grams of steak or 150 grams of steak than like a massive serving. I'm willing to spend the money on the quality um, and save costs elsewhere, of course, but it's going to allow me to, to enjoy my food. It's going to allow me to sort of stick within my, my macro targets and not have to oversaturate it with marinades and sauces and things mm. like that. And it's just about that, like that weighing up. Because I used to hate steak and red meat until I realized that a lot of the meat that I was actually eating was just not good quality. It was just yes. from the supermarket. And then when I went to the butcher, I'm like, this is what real steak supposed to taste like, you know? And I think just having that understanding and experimenting and also being like, super self-compassionate with yourself because I know the kitchen can be a stressful place for some people that feel overwhelmed and they're cooking for their partner and they hate cooking and they, they get this negative space about it. Of like course. They just hate it. And it, it doesn't have to be like that. Like everyone goes through the learning curve of actually being able to cook food that they enjoy. Yeah, or, you know, cook together if you don't end up in an argument or even yeah. do a cooking class. Like that's what I want to um, do just to have a bit of fun, you know, try and make it fun but um it's interesting when it comes to macro goals like if you're in a building phase oh my god it's so much more expensive right particularly if your protein is so high you don't need to to have protein that's super 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 high unless your carbs are really low but then you wouldn't be in the building phase right if you're in a building phase Carbs are so much cheaper than protein. So maybe if you're finding that your shopping is so expensive, say, hey, am I actually overeating the protein? Like I need to be disciplined right now, change my macros and stick to those macros. Because if you buy, you know, seven steaks for a week, if you're having Mm. all of that or more, all the protein, it just adds up. It's so expensive. Really good point because something I see a lot with women is, um, yeah, like, smashing 160 170 grams of protein it's unnecessary for the the majority of people even if you are on a dieting phase like you really only have to hit the sufficient amount and i think for a lot of people protein is probably the hardest macronutrient for a lot of people to reach and that's what makes them go to you know lower carb foods because they don't have the allowance to put towards those um higher carb food sources that you said are usually a lot more cost effective and they're spending their money on protein bars or supplements or you know more meat which which is, you know, expensive as well um, and and just stuff to be able to increase that protein target. And it's definitely something I've done. Like I used to probably eat, which is not even that super high, but maybe about 140 to 150 grams of protein. Um, mm. And now I'm only probably getting about 120, which is still sufficient for me. It's more yeah. than enough for my goals. Um, I've just reallocated those calories to carbs because like I said, when I go to the butchers now, I was just eating a lot of a lot of meat, like real, which is not a bad thing either. But when I went to the butchers, I was like, you know, the butchers are a little bit more expensive and I probably don't need to eat such a big serving of, you know, the meat. Like I probably don't need a 200 gram piece of steak. It's a lot of steak for someone that's my size. I can probably just have half the bit, um, get in more than enough protein, but then just eat more carbohydrates with that meal. It's actually going to complement my goals um, better anyway. It's going to be more cost effective. I'm going to enjoy the meal more. Uh, And I think they're just old habits that a lot of people get into. And it's something that I encourage a lot of people to look at. So I even saw someone's story the other day being like, yeah, my protein target's 200 grams today. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, that's a lot of protein for a small, a small female, woman. Yeah, a small yeah. female. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of protein. Very different if you're like, you know, 110 kilo bodybuilder. Like, it's a different story because it's still based off weight. But if you're like, you know, your average female, um, and I would argue as well, like, what's your goals? You know, anyone eating between yeah. 110 
or 100 to 130 grams of protein is probably enough for 90% of people listening to this, I would say, not 5%. So it's about ordering those things and not getting too trapped in the I must do this, I must eat that mentality and zooming out and going what's sustainable for me um, from a habit-based perspective but then also financially, like I said, protein's expensive, carbs are cheap, like how can you just switch things around to make it easier? Yeah, and then not over-ordering, like yeah. whether you're out at a restaurant or not overcooking. try and really dial in your mm. portion sizes. Or if you do over-order, have it as leftovers. Don't throw it out. The amount of food wastage that occurs, you know, I've worked in so many restaurants and just every business because no one wants to be undercut. But, yeah. you know, just on a micro scale within our own kitchen, try not to overdo it. We always overestimate, but that leads to wastage and all of that. Mm. Or you might buy too much because you you sort of recognize, hey, I'm not going to be at the shops for another, you know, seven days. I'm going to order more. But then it might go bad in the fridge. You don't also want that happening too. So if it means two mm. trips to the supermarket to make sure your vegetables stay fresh um, or your meat as well, like just do the extra trip instead of wasting all that food too. Yeah. Yeah. And like we said, it's time or money, right? Like yeah. you've, got to, you've got to weigh it up, like which one's more valuable, which commodity is more valuable for you at the moment. Because yeah, there's going to be periods of everyone's life where the opposite is true. Like at some stages, time's going to be more valuable than the money that you could put into it and vice versa. Um, and the same with eating out. I think today we just wanted to speak broadly about this topic because we're very mindful of the economy that we're in at the moment. And that for a lot of people, the cost of living is just skyrocketed. And it's a bit of a shock um, for everyone especially when it comes to like eating out and cafes and the, the the luxuries that we're now identifying are a bit of a luxury. And, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can still have all the things that you want um, and make it fit into your budget and not feel overwhelmed. Because what we have to realize is that if we're feeling stretched financially, whether we realize it or not, whether where wherever it's coming from, it's going to have a cost that we pull back in areas that we see as a luxury, right? Like we see food as essential because it is, but you can still have the same thing and spend less so that you can put your money into your massage or your nails or your lashes. Like you can have that. It's just about doing it in a smarter way. So you, you don't feel like these things are luxuries per se. You're just being smarter with the money that you're spending on it. Yes. And if you are organized, because you and I have definitely been in phases where we think, no, it's work, 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 but you can't put yourself on the back burner. The mm. best, you know, your work means nothing if you're not functioning. If you make yep. yourself ill through neglect, your work means nothing. So yeah. you really need to switch. And I'm talking to myself sometimes. You always need to put yourself first. Spend that mm. little bit of extra time being organized. Cook your meals for the week. You can be at the computer all day and your mm. meals are in the fridge. You know, grab it, eat, back to work. Like you can have both if yeah. you are organized. Yeah, yeah. And I need that message too sometimes. We both do. <laughs> we yeah. all do. We all do. But yeah, it's just about making it work. Because what you don't realize is when you do that and you sort of like live so reactively, you actually spend more money because you get to the end of the day, you've got mm. no food and you haven't eaten properly. And, you know, that's that's when you end up actually wasting money because you're disorganized. Yeah. And I think that's the overarching like theme of today is like organization is going to be everything. Um, and then knowing where your money's going, right? Like knowing how much you're spending on food. Like if I said, how much are you spending? a week. I only know because I've only just done it recently, but I wouldn't have known how much I was got unless I went through my statements, which is what, you know, I would tell people to do, go through your bank statements. Like yeah. How much are you spending at the supermarket? Um, a lot of the, like the banking apps as well, they'll categorize stuff these days. I'm not sure like a lot of different yeah. banks 
they'll do that for you. So you can see, I'm like, oh, I spend this much at the butchers and this much, and therefore my budget for food is actually this. Um, and you're just aware of it because what's measured is managed. You know, when we know where our money's going, we're actually going to manage it better. And those that are aware of where their money is going have more of it. No surprise. Yeah. yeah. Well said. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope this resonated with someone and, you know, even just bring it to the front of mind um, that these things are important to focus on in this day and age. And it's probably only going to get worse before it gets better as well as things continue to increase. But if you did enjoy the episode, uh, as always, make sure that you take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Thanks, everyone.